Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. My name is Jessica, and I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Hello. And we are on day three of a series we're doing where we read through the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. Chapter one, a day. One chapter a day for, well, I was going to say the whole month of December, but it's just close. until like the 24th. Yeah, Because there's 24 chapters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Let's get into it. Ready? Chapter three. Okay. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod the Tetrarch of uh, Galilee, and his brother Philip was Tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Traconitus, and Lysanzius was the Tetrarch of Abilene. In the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he came into the region all around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one calling out, of, out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain and hill be lowered. The crooked will become straight, and the rough roads smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. So when he was saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, you offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore produce fruits that are consistent with repentance, and do not start saying to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children for Abraham. But indeed, the axe is already being laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what are we to do? And he would answer and say to them, The one who has two tunics is to share uh, with the one who has none, and the one who has food is to do likewise. Now even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what are we to do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. And the soldiers were also questioning him, saying, What are we to do? What are we to do? We as well. And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone, nor harass anyone, and be content with your wages. Now while the people were in a state of expectation, and they were all thinking carefully in their hearts about John, whether he himself was perhaps the Christ, John responded to them all, saying, As for me, I baptize you with water, but he is coming who is mightier than I and I am not fit to untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel to the people. But when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by him regarding Herodias, his brother's wife, and regarding all the evil things which Herod had done. Herod also added this to them all. He locked locked John up in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry, 
He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Elsi, the son of Nagai, the son of Maeth, the son of Mattathias, the son of Simeon, the son of Josic, the son of Jodah, the son of Jonan, the son of Resha, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosum, the son of Elmedim, the son of Ur, the son of Jos- Joshua, the son of Elizur, the son of Joram, the son of Methat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonan, the son of Elkiam, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Surug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Good job getting through all of those names. <laughs> I definitely did not say everyone right. That was right, pretty good, though. But that was my like. best try. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I have a question for you, Ryan. Ready. Why is it important not to skip over the genealogies? Do you have any mm. thoughts about that? My thoughts? Mm-hmm. So, like, I always just think about why they're in there. What I mean, what's their purpose to the person reading this? Mm-hmm. And its purpose is, is because of shows that Jesus is in the line of David. He's in the line of all of these other people that you read about in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. that you know their stories, or quite a few of them. And it shows that he truly is connected and was brought forth out of all of these generations, just as God had promised Mm -hmm. to these people. And so to, to a Jew, right? who's trying to look at like check all their check boxes, I feel like for genealogies and stuff to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. This would clear, hopefully clearly fulfill one of those things for them to help them understand where this guy came from. Yeah. Good answer. (laughs) I, I always used to skip over the genealogies, but now I realize how, I mean, they can be a little dry, but no dude, I really enjoy. Oh, what's that song you always listen to? It's um. Yes. So if you is that this one? No, it is not this one. Do you know what? It's one a different it's one. I think okay. it's from Matthew. Matthew. But if you do not enjoy reading genealogies, I highly recommend you go listen to this song, and it might change your mind. What's the song? It's called "Christ" by Poor Bishop Hooper, mm-hmm. and it is probably my favorite song of theirs. And it's literally them singing through. They're the just genealogy. singing the genealogy, mm-hmm. but. The way that they sing it, 
it's so powerfully like a testament to God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. It's not just the repetitive, but they give it some emotion and you know, it, you really start to feel like wow, this was a miraculous thing that God did. Oh yeah. Well, I and mean, and it's amazing. Even even being familiar with a few of these names, right? Um and there and some of their stories mm-hmm. that are explained in the Old Testament just to see God's hand moving in each of their lives individually to get the genealogy to the point where it is right now in this moment mm-hmm. that Jesus is being born. You know what I mean? It's like it's amazing to see it's almost like a zoom out of the handiwork of God. He's like Here's all the people that were involved, you know, and my son coming here and my hand was guiding all of them. Yeah. It's, so. It tells you a lot about God, mm-hmm. right? He was intimately involved in a lot of these people's lives as we are told, you know, in previous parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then we zoom out and it's like, and he was sovereign over it all. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's interesting that this is paired in this in this way with the... Right after his baptism, huh? Yeah. So I think it was like, you know, so they make this assertion, you know, that the, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in uh, bodily form like a dove and the voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son and you are well pleased. So it makes that assertion mm-hmm. and then it follows it up with proof. Right. Of that assertion. Whereas Matthew, he starts off with the genealogy, Mm -hmm. but Luke gives a little bit of introduction and then backs it up Mm -hmm. with the genealogy. Well, and he, yeah. And he's like, and, and in this, this chapter seems to be like, this is who John the Baptist is. We're tying him back uh, to Isaiah, you Mm -hmm. know, about the prophet to come before Christ basically, to prepare the way. And then we get right into, and here's the Messiah. And here he is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, here's who John is. Here's what he's fulfilling. Here's Jesus. And here's what he's fulfilling. And he's fulfilling, (laughs) and here's his genealogy. It's super, it's super cool. Yeah, I love it. I I love seeing, I guess what I'm really starting to appreciate is seeing New Testament authors consistently point back to the Old Testament. It's and, there's something yeah. so endearing and fulfilling about it. You know well, what's what's nice too is after reading more in the Old Testament, being able to recognize that, right? Too. Like because yeah. before I feel like before I would just read it and be like, oh yeah, here's the footnote that's like, oh this ties back to over here, but I wouldn't really go look, or if I did, I wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like the context, so I would just read that verse, but I wouldn't have the whole book or story kind of already in my head. But now I'm making able to make more of those connections, and it's really exciting because I, I don't know, I just it's so much, it's so, it's so much more full in my mind when I read this genealogy and I recognize some of the names, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I know who that is, and I know what happened to them. Yeah, I think I remember once someone 
either it was in class or I'd heard it before, but how the Gospel of Matthew was kind of like the gospel written to the Jewish people specifically, mm-hmm. and how they had been awaiting this Messiah. And then that's why he starts with the genealogy, because it's that brings about, it should bring about like excitement and joy when mm-hmm. you start reading that, because it's like, that means the promise is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when we have that context and background of the Old Testament, it makes the New Testament so much more exciting and fulfilling Mm because it's like you see all these promises and here they are fulfilled in Christ. Yep. Yep. Reading the Bible is fun, guys. (laughs) That's what we're here to say. (laughs) You get to meet Jesus. You get to meet God in Jesus for who Mm -hmm. he really is. I mean, what could be more exciting about that? Non-edited, what literally has been protected for you to read now? Like, I don't. Right. Like, yeah, I was. I read a couple books about just how. I don't know, like how the canon basically came to be, and how it was really. We have so much information about the New Testament. Mm-hmm. We can be assured that what it says is extremely close to the originals. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful feeling. You know what I mean? Because you have just so much information. People have said that there's even too many manuscripts. <laughs> you know? So what you're reading I love that. is just a culmination of of years and years of people copying it down for you. And God's hand has been over that and guiding it to your bookshelf amazing and think about providence yeah just incredible anyways (laughs) yeah well thank you for reading this with me today ryan Mm -hmm. and thank you guys for listening i hope that it's blessing you um it really is blessing me i'm excited to do tomorrow Mm -hmm. i feel like this chapter was kind of short yeah it's pretty short it was good so we'll see you guys tomorrow bye bye